Okay, brothers and sisters, praises be to our loving Abba that we are gathered once again to study his words and his commands. Like what we mentioned uh, before, uh, we are all students of the Bible, myself included, and we are disciples of Yahusha HaMashiach. And so as we study deeper the Holy Scriptures, we will uncover many things that before perhaps we did not take, pay much attention to, including the subject of Sabbath, because Truth be told, I myself, uh, I was not really aware of the Sabbath and why it is so important. We simply thought of it as something that's no longer applicable during our time. We even persecute those who believe in the Sabbath or are Sabbath keepers. We call them Sabbatistas, right? And we say it in jest. We, want, we sometimes mock them. However, when we study the scriptures and we come across the Sabbath, the more we look into it, the more we realize, indeed, not only is it one of the Ten Commandments of Yahuwah Abba, it is a significant one to loving Abba. This is what we're going to be studying about today. So let's begin by asking the question, how important is Sabbath to Yahuwah Allahim? Let's begin in Genesis 2, 1 to 3. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed, blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it, he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. How important is the Sabbath day? Bible says when Yahuwah God finished his creation, he blessed and sanctified only one day right? Not all seven days, but only one day. And what day was that? Not the first, not Sunday, not the second, the third, or the fourth, or the fifth, but only one day was sanctified and made holy and was blessed by Allahim. What day was that? It was the seventh day. This is why we call it the Sabbath day, the day of rest. And so it is important to him at the very creation he set it apart as a holy day for his people. What else proves that Sabbath is important to Yahuwah God? Take note, if it's important to him, it must also be important to us. Let's read Exodus 31, 13. Say to the Israelites, you must observe my Sabbaths. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come. So you may know that I am Yahuwah who makes you Holy. We know that the command to observe the Sabbath was one of the Ten Commandments. How many here remember which commandment it was? Was it commandment one, two, three? What commandment was it? Was the fourth commandment? Of all the commandments in the Ten Commandments, we can say perhaps that this commandment to observe the Sabbath is the most important one. Why? Because of the Ten Commandments, it's the only one that was given as a sign that will locate a sign that will pinpoint a sign that will reveal the people of Yahuwah. This is why he says this will be a sign between me and you for the generations that are to come. Why did he say this? And who are those who belong to Yahuwah? with whom Yahuwah gives this sign to. Exodus 31, 16 to 17, the people of Israel must keep the Sabbath day by observing it from generation to generation. 
This is a covenant obligation for all time. It is a permanent sign of my covenant with the people of Israel. For in six days, Yahuwah made heaven and earth. But on the seventh day, he stopped working and was refreshed. How important is this sign? Bible says it is a covenant obligation for all time. A permanent sign of my covenant with the people of Israel. Do you know what the people of Israel are called? The household of God. This is why we who are the people of God in these last days are identified with the people of Israel. So if we belong to the people of Israel, then we are included in the covenant that will include salvation. Now, some people use this passage, Exodus 31, and say, well, that sign, that permanent sign of the Sabbath and observing, it's only for Israel, brothers and sisters, those who are going to be saved, they're going to be Israelites. I want you to keep that in mind. Yahuwah God is going to make Israelites of those who are going to receive the promised salvation. What is the proof? Let's read the book of Galatians 3, 16, 29. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. We want to be a part of the promise of Yahuwah Abba, don't we not? Because if we're not included in the promises of Yahuwah Abba, how can we receive salvation? We need to be a part of the promises. But the promise, according to scriptures, is to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, who is Christ. So the promise is to Abraham and his seed. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And so the Bible says, if we want to be included in the promise, we need to become Israelites. It's not about bloodline anymore. It's about those who belong to who? Yahusha HaMashiach. If we belong to Yahusha, the Bible says then we are Abraham's seed. What does that mean? It means you're Israelite, right? This is why if we want to be a partaker of the promises of Abba, we need to be in Yahusha. And if we are in Yahusha the Christ, it means we become part of the household of God, the Israelite of God, so that we can belong to the people of God. And so the Bible identifies us with Israel through Yahusha HaMashiach. And so what further proves that because of Yahusha, we become Israelites? Let's read the book of Ephesians 2, 11 to 13. Therefore, remember. That you, once Gentiles in the flesh. So what we're talking about here is the flesh. Non-Hebrew people by blood. Gentiles in the flesh. Who are called uncircumcision by what is called circumcision. Made in the flesh by hands. That at that time, you were without Christ. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. And strangers from the covenants of promise. Having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ, Yahushua. You who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Here, Apostle Paul mentions those who were Gentiles in the flesh. And so because they're Gentiles in the flesh, they're not part of Israel. They're not Israelites. And because they're not Israelites, the Bible says they're aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. How can you be saved? 
if you are a stranger from the covenants of promise. In fact, Apostle Paul says you cannot because you have no hope and you have no God in the world. This is why we must find there has to be a way for us to become a fellow citizen with the Israelites. And the way by which this can be done is by Yahusha the Christ and the blood of Yahusha. And so those who have been redeemed by the blood of Yahusha, those who belong to him by means of baptism, what becomes of them? Are they still strangers to the covenants of promise? Ephesians 2, 19 and 22. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Yahusha Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. And so when we become baptized into the body of our King Yahusha, we become Abraham's seed. Get it? What does that mean? We become Israelites. What is included? We become fellow citizens and we become members of the household of God. We are parts now of the covenant of promise that Yahuwah God has made in the past. This is why it's a blessing to become an Israelite through Yahusha the Christ, the Israelite of promise to receive the manifold promises of Yahuwah Abba. And so to them, to them have been given the sign of observing the Sabbath. What else is the reason why? Why do we see and why do we believe observing the Sabbath is so important to Yahuwah God? Let's read the book of Exodus 31, 14 and 15. Observe the Sabbath because it is holy to you. Anyone who desecrates it must be put to death. Whoever does any work on that day must be cut off from his people. For six days work is to be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of rest. Holy to Yahuwah. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day must be put to death. Why do we say that observing the Sabbath is so important to Yahuwah God. Well, look at the consequences. Look at the punishment for those who desecrate the Sabbath. What is the punishment? Because you can tell a lot about how much the law of God, how important it is to him by looking at the punishment, right? One of the commandments of Yahuwah Abba in the Ten Commandments is do not steal, right? But if you're caught stealing or you're stealing, are you going to be put to death? You're not going to be put to death. There are some other punishments uh, uh, for that. But when it comes to the Sabbath, if you desecrate the Sabbath, if, for example, you work on the Sabbath day, the Bible says you must be put to death. Not only that, the Bible says you must be cut off from his people. Not only must they be put to death, they're also cut off from the people of God. In other words, they're expelled excommunicated from the people of God. That tells us a lot, right? I mean, how many commandments are there that warrants a death penalty? Here's one, Exodus 21, 12. Anyone who strikes a man and kills him shall surely be put to death. And so if you kill a person, the punishment is you also have to be put to death, right? What is 
All, what is the punishment of breaking the Sabbath? You have to be put to death. Now, in the eyes of men, one might say and think, well, breaking the Sabbath is not really as important as killing someone. But in the eyes of Abba, if you will see how important it is to him, it says, even if you break the Sabbath, you work on the Sabbath. The Bible says, surely that person has to be put to death. It shows you the gravity, the importance of the Sabbath to Yahuwah God. Because the Bible says, those who do not keep the Sabbath are to be put to death. Not only that, if you so remember, uh, when we study the Holy Scriptures, there's also a command of God that requires them be expelled from the community of Israelites, right? Do you still remember that command of God? What is that? Let's read Leviticus 17, 10 to 11. Any Israelite or any alien living among them who eats any blood, I will set my face against that person who eats blood and will cut him off from his people. For the life of a creature is in the blood. And if I give it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar, it is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. The Bible says there's a sin that was command that was mentioned during the Old Testament, so applicable today, right? And if you commit this sin, you're going to be expelled from the people of God. What is that sin? When you eat an animal with its blood. We know all about this command of Yahuwah God, right? But it doesn't say here that if you eat any blood, you're going to kill that person or put that person to death, right? Today, we who came from our former religion, we think of eating blood or food containing blood as something we will never, ever do. But when it comes to Yahuwah God, when, it, when a person eats blood, yes, he'll be cut off from his people, but they're not going to be put to death. But when you think about breaking the Sabbath, not only are you going to be put to death, you're going to be expelled from his people. What does that tell you? That tells us that when it comes to the Sabbath, observing and keeping the Sabbath, it is very important and significant to Yahuwah, our God. Now, since when was the observance of the Sabbath practiced? Let's read the book of Genesis 2, 1 to 3. We read this earlier. We know Yahuwah God instituted it. He established it at creation. And so it was practiced by Adam, not only by Adam, Genesis 26, 5, because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. There are those who say there were no laws of God up until the time of Moses. It was only on Sinai that the laws of God were given. No, there's always been laws and commandments of Yehovah Abba. It's just that it was codified made into written law, written on tablets during the days of Moses. But before that, during the days of Adam, during the days of Abraham, Yahuwah God always had commands and he gave his laws. And we know what is recorded in the laws, included in the law of Yahuwah Abba, is the command to observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Adam Abraham, they all obeyed the law of Sabbath. When also did they follow the Sabbath? Let's read Exodus 16, 23. Then he said to them, this is what Yahuwah has said. Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest 
a holy Sabbath to Yahuwah. Bake what you will bake today and boil what you will boil and lay up for yourselves all that remains to be kept until morning. Here, Yahuwah God tells the people, right? Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest. Want to pause there for a while? At this point, were the Ten Commandments already given? What is your answer? Were the Ten Commandments given already at this point? Not yet. It wasn't given until Exodus 20. They have not reached Sinai yet. They're still on their way to Sinai. They were just set free from bondage in Israel, I mean, in Egypt. And so they're not going to go to Sinai to receive the laws. But even before the laws were codified in tablet form, what did Yahuwah God say to his people? He said, tomorrow is a Sabbath rest. And so the people understood what that meant. It's a Sabbath rest, which tells us even before Sinai, the people of Yahuwah God, they were already practicing Sabbath. This is why it is commanded in the Exodus 28 in the Ten Commandments, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And so during Sinai, when Yahuwah God presented the tablets containing the Ten, the ten Commandments written by the finger of God, which tells us these are commandments which are important, the Bible says we must remember the Sabbath. Well, how about doing the prophets? Was it still in effect? Yes. How about during the days of Mashiach? Yahusha HaMashiach. In Matthew 5, 17 to 20. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy but to fulfill. For assuredly I say to you till heaven and earth pass away. One jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. According to our Lord Yahushua, did he consider obsolete? Did he put a stop to the observance of Sabbath? No. The Bible says he came to fulfill the law and the prophets. In fact, the law and the prophets will be in effect. And it will remain in effect until the heavens are no more. Well, when will that be? On the final judgment after the millennial kingdom. We are still within that jurisdiction of time where we observe even the law and the prophets, according to the teaching of Yahusha HaMashiach. Now, what did Yahusha mean when he says he came not to destroy, but to fulfill? We know he fulfilled it. But when we look at that word fulfill in the Greek, this is what we find. It's plerou, plerou. And this is what it means. It includes the definition of to fully preach, to perfect, and to supply. And so Yahusha came to preach in full, right, the laws and the prophets, and also to fulfill it and to lead the complete fulfillment of the laws and the prophets. Because so many of what the prophets wrote about have yet to be fulfilled. It's still in the process of being fulfilled. 
And so our King Yahusha, we together with him, we must work together. We work with our Mashiach so that it can all be fulfilled. Why do you think when Yahusha taught his disciples how to pray, he says, including your prayer, thy kingdom come. Because the kingdom of Yahuwah must come in fulfillment of the prophecies that have yet to be fulfilled, but must be fulfilled according to our King Yahusha. This is why, brothers and sisters, we have to be instruments of Yahusha to make sure the prophecies of the prophets, the laws and the prophets will be completely fulfilled, and we must be instruments of that getting done. And so we know our King Yahusha, he never abolished it. He preached it, and he fulfilled it. As a matter of fact, in Matthew 12, 8, he says, For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And so Yahusha, not only did he preach the Sabbath, he followed the Sabbath. Not only did he follow the Sabbath, he restored the Sabbath. Because when people nowadays who call themselves Christians, quote unquote, they will say that we no longer need to observe the Sabbath because our King Yahusha broke the Sabbath. No, he never broke the Sabbath. What he did in the examples in the Gospels is to teach us what he did was to restore the Sabbath because it was so corrupted by the leaven of the Pharisees. So our King Yahusha fulfilled the Sabbath when we talked about that in our previous study. So our King Yahusha did not abolish it. As a matter of fact, he preached it and he restored it to its proper place and understood it. Now, Yahusha preached, right? And then he died. When he died and he resurrected, uh, did they abolish now the Sabbath? Luke 23, 56. Then they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils. Want to pause there for a while. What is this about? Yahusha died and he was in his tomb and there were women who came who, and there were his disciples who were preparing to cover his, uh, his body with spices and fragrant oils. And then the Bible says, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. Take note, the writer is Luke. And Luke wrote this long after the death and resurrection and ascension of Yahusha. And so when he wrote Luke 23, 56, he said, and they, he said, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. So the commandment, which includes observance, resting on the Sabbath, was in effect still after Yahusha went to heaven. So the followers of Yahusha, well, they followed the Sabbath, the law, and the prophets. Not only that, but even during the days of the Apostle Paul, according to Acts 13, 16, 17, 18, and 20, the apostles in the first century, Yahushaim, kept or observed the Sabbath. And so throughout the ages of God's people, from the time of creation up until the time of the apostles, the people of Yahuwah Abba, they observed the Sabbath. What time came when the apostles died, right? And after the death of the apostles, false doctrines began to creep into the, to the assemblies. Pagan influences begin to change 
uh, the teachings of what was preached by the apostles, syncretism, the clever mixture of pagan ideas and beliefs with what was taught by Yahusha, it developed into a system. Eventually that system began to continue to grow until someone by the name of Constantine came into the picture. And although he said he used Christianity, what he did in fact do was to change Christianity. He did not subject himself to so-called Christianity. He introduced pagan ideas and married it with the ideas of Christianity and produced a hybrid religion, which eventually became known as the Roman Catholic Church. And when we read the history of the Christian church, when did this idea that Sabbath day on Saturday was replaced with another day? Well, according to, Constant, according to the history books, Constantine 321, right? On the venerable day of the sun, let the magistrates and people residing in cities rest and let all workshops be closed. So in 321, Constantine's first Sunday law of 8321 states the Roman church made it official church doctrine by declaring it was a Jewish day. This church doctrine demanded all Christians to break commandment number four by working on Sabbath. Actually, Constantine attacked the Jewish uh, thinking and Jewish laws. What else? Not only that, 321 AD and 337 AD, Christians shall not Judaize and be idle on Saturday in the original Sabato, shall not be idle on the Sabbath, but shall work on that day. But the Lord's day, which is, which is what they call their Sunday, they shall especially honor and as being Christians shall, if possible, do no work on that day. If, however, they are found Judaizing, they shall be shut out, anathema, excommunicated from Christ. And so here's Constantine. He's working together with other so-called believers. And many of the believers who work with Constantine actually did not like Constantine because of the foreign and pagan elements that he was introducing to the faith. But they had no choice because if they were to react, they would be put to death. You, it's a good study to study church history. You will learn a lot from what Constantine did, how he changed the faith and corrupted it and produced a hybrid religion called Catholicism. And so eventually Constantine, those who were working with him, they developed a system that, that made it anathema for you to observe Sabbath rest on a Saturday. Instead, they transferred it to Sunday in honor of the God worshiped by Constantine, who is Sol Invictus, the sun god. And so what he did was to introduce pagan elements. It developed and developed until you have such pagan ideas like the Trinity, right? And so many others. And so even to this day, the catechism continues what Constantine started imposing that the rest day should be Sunday, not Saturday, but Sunday is the rest day. And so for the longest time, ourselves included, right? I mean, when we were members of the religion we came from, did we ever think about Sabbath day? No, we were persecuting those who believe in the Sabbath day. Did we not? Right? Myself included. That's why we really need to study the word of God. And so what I'm telling you is this, brethren, the more we study the word of God, 
slowly we're going to be fulfilling what Yahuwah wants us to do, which is restoration. Included in the work of restoration is the rest restoring of Sabbath day. Why? Because it's important to Yahuwah, our God. It is the sign between him and his people. And we get, again, another indication that Sabbath was never abolished by our King Yahusha in Matthew 24, 20, 21. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the, on the Shabbat, the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor shall ever so, nor ever shall be. What we read to you in Matthew 24 is a prophecy of our King Yahusha that has a multiple fulfillment. One in the immediate present, which is during the days of the Roman occupation, right? Because they rejected the king. Yahusha says that the temple will be destroyed stone upon stone. It will be, it will be demolished. And so when that day happens, Yahusha says, pray that it will not occur on a Sabbath. And so Yahushua is confirming he still observes, he is still teaching and endorsing the Sabbath. He did not abolish the Sabbath. He was expecting that the, his followers would continue to observe the Sabbath, not only during the first century, but also it is connected to the great tribulation. It is, he's connecting it as well to the end times. And so we know. In the end times, the true followers of Yahushua HaMashiach, they too will begin to observe the Sabbath. This is why it's no surprise that Yahuwah God is leading us to study and to observe today the Sabbath. Because it is connected to what will happen before Judgment Day will come. And what further proves that Sabbath has to be restored, Isaiah 66, 22 to 23. For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make shall remain before me, says Yahuwah, so shall your descendants and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says Yahuwah. And so the Bible says in the new heavens and the new earth, this is, in, is referring to the millennial kingdom. Because the millennial kingdom, the 1,000 years, that will usher in the eternal kingdom, but it will officially begin here on earth in Jerusalem, where Yahuwah will send Yahusha to be king of kings and lord of lords for 1,000 years. And when that day comes in Israel, in Jerusalem, what is going to be done there? Sabbath, from one Sabbath to another, people will worship Yahuwah, right? In other words, even in the millennial kingdom, there's going to be worship on Sabbath. Worship day is on Sabbath day. This will happen in the millennial kingdom. So let's think about that for a while. Okay, Sabbath was instituted during the creation, followed by Adam, by Abraham, by Moses, by the prophets, by Yahusha, our king, by the apostles, by the early followers of Yahusha, the Yahushaim of the first century. And now the Bible says in the new heavens and the new earth or in the millennial kingdom, 
the Sabbath is going to be continued to be observed. And so it doesn't make sense, doesn't it? It doesn't make sense for us to say that the Sabbath is in effect from Adam all the way to the time of the apostles, but it will take a break today. And then it will be reinstituted during the millennial kingdom. It doesn't make any sense. No, it is continuous. It was meant, it was meant to last up until and through the millennium. It was just replaced. It was corrupted. It was removed by those who believe in the sun God. Pagan ideas. This is why, because we believe. We believe in Isaiah 66. We believe in the future. Uh, when the millennial kingdom is here and Yahusha will be on the throne, we believe there's going to be Sabbath. And so even before that day comes, what is Yahuwah God going to do? Isaiah 56 46, 8, for this is what Yahuwah says, I will bless those eunuchs who keep my Sabbath days holy and who choose to do what pleases me and commit their lives to me. I will give them within the walls of my house a memorial and a name far greater than sons and daughters could give. For the name I give them is an everlasting one. It will never disappear. I will also bless the foreigners who commit themselves to Yahuwah, who serve him and love his name, who worship him and do not desecrate the Sabbath day of rest. And who hold fast to my covenant. For the sovereign Yahuwah who brings back the outcasts of Israel says, I will bring others too besides my people Israel. So before the millennial kingdom comes, what's going to happen? What is Yahuwah God going to do? He's going to bring people together. Both the house of Israel, right? The Israelites by blood and foreigners. It doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter what blood line you come from. Yahuwah says he's going to bring them together, the outcasts of Israel and the foreigners who are among you. And they will be given a name that will be forever or everlasting. What is that name? The name of Yahusha. What will they do? They will love the name of Yahuwah Abba and they will keep the Sabbath days and keep it holy. Isn't that what is happening with us? Isn't that a picture of the assembly of Yahusha? Isn't that the work we are doing now? This is why, brothers and sisters, we need to follow the work of restoration so we can be included in the final restoration of all things in the millennial kingdom where Yahusha will be king of all and Lord of all. This is why at no point did Yahuwah God and Yahusha HaMashiach abolish this, the observance of the Sabbath. And it is our work today in the assembly of Yahusha to bring that back, to restore that. Go to another question. Didn't the early followers of King Yahusha typically meet on the first day of the week, which is Sunday? I mean, again, I'm being forthright, being honest with you. Before, before we really study this, because like I said, I'm a student of the Bible just like you. I'm learning something that I never knew before, just like you. And I'm just taking you with me on the journey. This is why I also want you to study the Bible and look at it. Because we're all learning together. We're students of the Bible together and disciples of Yahusha together. And he's leading us to know more about the truth. So before we always thought the first day of the week was Sunday, right? And so when we look at Acts 20 verse 7, because there are those who say Sunday should be the, the day for worship. Now on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. I remember I gave you this as an assignment. 
How many here actually did the assignment when they went to Blue Letter Bible and looked at the Greek words and look, look at the phrase first day of the week? Well, this is what it says on the Blue Letter Bible, first day of the week. You see it? Let's look at the Greek for the, for, for the, uh, the Greek word for first. Does it actually mean first? Well, the Greek word for first is heis, G1520. When you look at the meaning of, it doesn't say first because first is primo, something like that in Greek. It says one. It's not first, but one. At no point was it ever translated first. Nowhere in the Bible was it translated as first, except for that, except for some mistranslations. Okay, so we see that first is actually one, right? And day, look at that. There's actually no Greek word that corresponds to day. The word day was added. It was added. It's not there. Big question mark, right? Of the, okay, that's not a big deal. It's, a, it's an article, right? But then let's look at week. Does it say, does it actually say week? Look at the Greek word, four, five, two, one. What does it say? Sabaton. What does that mean? The seventh day of each week translated 37 times as Sabbath day, 22 times as Sabbath. And so when you look at the Greek and look at the English into which it is translated, translated to in our English Bibles, there's a mistranslation. And you can see that clearly. And so it should be translated one. There's no day, right? And of the, we keep that. One of the week is Sabbaths. One of the Sabbaths. And so the early followers of Yahusha, the Yahushaim, they met together in Acts 27, not on Sunday, but on one of the Sabbaths. Now, why does it say one of the Sabbaths? Because they were counting the Sabbaths. If you're counting the Sabbaths, it makes it very clear that you, you mention one of the Sabbaths because they were counting the Sabbath. How do we know this? Let's look, Acts 26 to 7. But we sailed away from Philippi after the days of the unleavened bread. And in five days joined them at Troas, where we stayed seven days. Now on the first day of the week, which is actually translated one of the Sabbaths. Now on one of the Sabbaths, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. And so why does the Bible say one of the Sabbaths? Because they were counting the Sabbaths in connection with the days of the unleavened bread. So what we see here, the followers of Yahusha, not only did they keep the Sabbath, they also kept the what? The festivals. Here's the days of the unleavened bread. What was commanded by Yahuwah on unleavened bread? Let's read Leviticus 23, 46. These are the feasts of Yahuwah, holy convocations, which you shall proclaim at their appointed times. On the 14th day of the first month at twilight is Yahuwah's Passover. And on the 15th day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread to Yahuwah. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. And you shall count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbath, 
seven Sabbaths shall be completed. Count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath. Then you shall offer a new grain offering to Yahuwah. And so why were they counting Sabbaths? Because it was commanded by Yahuwah that after seven Sabbaths have been completed, there's going to be a festival of weeks. That's why it's called Feast of Weeks. Because you were counting the weeks. You're counting the Sabbaths. When is this? They are Pentecost. And so the apostles and the early followers of Yahusha, the Yahushaim, they were counting Sabbaths. Because from the unleavened bread, specifically the first fruits. Because in unleavened bread included is the feast of first fruits. Which is the first fruits of the uh, barley offering. Okay, and so you count seven Sabbaths, and then on the 50th day is Shavuot, Feast of Weeks. It is the first fruit of the wheat offering. And so the seven Sabbaths connect the uh, barley offering and the wheat offering. And so they're all connected by the seven Sabbaths. And so on Pentecost, they would meet together because they observe both the Sabbath and the feasts of Yahuwah. This is why the early followers of Yahusha, they observed both the Sabbath and the festivals, right? And so first day of the week should not be Sunday. It is the seventh day because they were counting the Sabbaths on that day. And this is also very similar to Corinthians 16, verse 2. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may, prosper and there be no collections when I come and so many translate that as Sunday first day of the week but in actuality in Greek it looks like this identical with Acts 20 verse 7 one of the Sabbaths again why is it one of the Sabbaths because they were also counting Sabbaths in preparation for Pentecost because on the day of Pentecost, what are the male believers going to do? They're going to go to Jerusalem. This is why Apostle Paul says here, on one of the Sabbaths, store up as many as you can. A collection, right? Because he's going to bring that collection with him to where? Jerusalem. Why is he going to do that on the day of Pentecost? In Deuteronomy 16, 16, three times a year, all your male shall appear before Yahuwah, your God, in the place where he, which he chooses. At the Feast of Unleavened Bread, at the Feast of Weeks, Pentecost, and at the Feast of Tabernacles. And they shall not appear before Yahuwah empty-handed. And so there was a special offering that is to be given on these occasions. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, Feast of Weeks, Feast of Tabernacles. This is why Apostle Paul, he visited the congregations and he told them the collection should be when? On the first one of the Sabbaths. One of the Sabbaths. And so the apostles, the early followers of Yahusha, they observed not only the Sabbaths, but also the festivals of Yahuwah Abba. Wait a minute, brother. Didn't the apostle Paul approve believers who did not believe that one day was better than another? In Romans 14, 5 to 6. Let's read that. 14, 5 to 6 of Romans. One person esteems one day above Another, another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day, observes it to 
the Lord. And he who, who does not observe the day, to the Lord he does not observe it. He who eats it, eats to the Lord. For he gives thank, uh, God thanks. And he who does not eat, to the Lord he does not eat. And give, gives God thanks. And so here in Romans 14, 5 to 6, the Apostle Paul, writing to the Romans, to, uh, to the uh, Yahushaim in Rome, right? He says one person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. And then he says, if they, it's like what people who are against the observing or the keeping of Sabbath today is saying that it, it's okay with Apostle Paul to dismiss that, right? To dismiss this belief that one day is above any other. And so they believe and think Apostle Paul was talking about the Sabbath. But he's not talking about the Sabbath. Does it mention at all in Romans 14, 5 to 6 about the Sabbath? It does not. Does it mention at all that Apostle Paul is discarding the Sabbath? It does not mention that. As a matter of fact, the people to whom Apostle Paul wrote this to, the, with the pagans, they had to be taught about the Sabbath. So that's not the context here. What is the context about? Well, we need to first understand the audience of Apostle Paul. Is Apostle Paul in Romans, is he writing to a Jewish audience who already know the Sabbath and the importance of the Sabbath and are already practicing the Sabbath? No. He wrote to who? Romans 1. Uh, through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. And you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Yahushua Christ. So the audience of Apostle Paul were the audience or were the Gentiles who were called to belong to Yahushua the Christ. So they're not Israelites. They did not understand the Jewish laws. They did not understand the Sabbath. And so Romans 14, uh, 5 to, six, to 7, or 6 to 7, was not about the Sabbath. What then was it about? Romans 14, 1 to 4, receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat. And let not him who does not eat judge him who eats. For God has received him. Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master, he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. And so what was the context of Romans 14? The context was not about Sabbath. It was about what to do with doubtful things. Because doubtful things were causing confusion and disputes and arguments among the believers there in Rome. These were the pagan believers. And so what were the, some of the doubtful things that they were disputing about? They were disputing about what to eat. They were disputing about fasting. Because in Rome, fasting was popular, especially in the first century. Did you know science has discovered that the Roman gladiators, they were vegan. Because when they were practicing uh, veganism, it gave them endurance and strength to fight in the gladiator games. What was being talked about in Romans 14 was not about Sabbath, but the best 
time to eat or to best time to fast. Because there are those who have these pagan beliefs, they can eat all things or they eat only vegetables, the vegans, right? And so these pag the, uh, pagan ideas about fasting, about when the best time to fast is, is causing one servant to have a dispute over the other. These are these doubtful or disputable things. Sabbath is not a disputable thing. It's a law of God. Either it's in effect or it's not. It's not categorized as a doubtful thing. It was a certain thing. Okay, so it's not about the Sabbath. It's about proper observance of their fasting that they grew accustomed to. And so in five to six, Apostle Paul says one person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. So there are some who say, well, we should fast only on this day. But we can eat meat on this day. So they have these ideas in them. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord. And he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks. And he who does not eat, the one who fasts, to the Lord, he does not eat and gives God thanks. So it's clear. This is not about the Sabbath. It's about disputable or doubtful things concerning the practice of fasting, of what to eat on certain days, which is what was causing division amongst the believers, the pagan believers, there in Rome. Okay, so what Apostle Paul is teaching there, we should not judge each other about these disputable and doubtful things. All right, let's go to Colossians now. Colossians 2, 16, 17. Doesn't Colossians 2, 16 and 17 teach that observance of the Sabbath has already passed? Since after all, King Yahusha has already come, okay? And it's based on 2, 16, 17. Let's read it. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. That's what it says there. And so how do those who believe we no longer need to observe the Sabbath during our time use this passage? They say since the Sabbath is a shadow of Christ, and since Christ has already come, there's no need anymore for us to observe or practice the Sabbath. And this is what I believed to before, right? And I'm guilty of not reading the context of Colossians 2. This is why, brothers, we have to get past the habit of reading the text without looking at the context. Context is everything. Because when you look at Colossians 2, 16 and 17, is Apostle Paul telling us to discard the Sabbath? Is that what it says? Did Apostle Paul tell us we no longer should observe the Sabbath? No, that's not what Apostle Paul is saying. He says, let no one judge you. Let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or a... Sabbath. Again, who is the audience here of the Apostle Paul? Jewish believers or pagan believers? He's addressing pagan believers. Do you know what Apostle Paul taught the pagan believers? Apostle Paul taught the pagan believers the, the Sabbaths and the festivals. This is why Colossians 2 actually tells us that the Sabbath and the festivals, they are still in effect. Because if it's no longer in effect, why do these pagan believers know about the Sabbath and know about the festivals, right? What Apostle Paul is saying to these pagan believers and followers of Yahusha is, let no one judge you 
Because you're now observing the Sabbath, the festivals. And why would they be judged? Because these pagans, well, of course, they have relatives. They come from a place where they are judging the observance of the Jewish law or the Israeli laws, Hebrew laws, the laws of Yahuwah Abba. And so what, what uh, Apostle Paul is telling them is do not let their judging you make you give up the observance of the festival or the new moon or the Sabbath. You see that? That's what he's telling the followers of Yahusha. Do not give it up because they're judging you. Now, who are these people who are judging them? Not their fellow Yahushans who were judging them about the fact that they are now following the Sabbath and the festivals. Who were the ones uh, persecuting them? Well, it was actually the first century Gnosticism. You see, the believers in Colossus, the, believe, the pagan believers in Colossus were influenced highly, not just in Colossus, but throughout Asia, throughout Jerusalem. During this time, Gnosticism, this philosophy of Gnosticism, it was emerging alongside with so-called Christianity. And Gnosticisms, Gnostic, Gnostic belief included the worship of angels, the pursuit of secret knowledge, Gnosis, and they denied sensory pleasure, Gnosis, asceticism. And this is part of what eventually developed into some of the Catholic systems as well. Okay, so Gnosticism was alive and thriving during the days of the followers of Yahusha in the first century. And they were criticizing the practices of the, uh, the feasts of the Jews, of the, uh, the Hebrew people. They were criticizing the Sabbaths because in Colossians 2, the Gnostics opposed the feast days and other laws that was taught by Moses. They were against that and they were against Yahusha. This is why in Colossians 2, when you look at the context, verse 8, it says, Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. That's the philosophy of the Gnostics, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. And so what we have here, the followers of Yahushaim, they were battling against religions that had the traditions of men, right? The Jewish believers, they were battling against the Pharisees and their leaven, traditions of men. The pagan believers, they were battling against Gnosticism and also their traditions of men or man-made religion. So Apostle Paul says, don't let that cheat you according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. And so Apostle Paul was warning them about the influence of man-made doctrine and religion, what is included in the doctrine of, of Gnosticism. Colossians 2, 20, 22. Therefore, if you die with Christ, from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. So Apostle Paul in Colossians 2, when he mentions regulations, he was referring to the regulations established by these Gnostic philosophers, which included do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, because the Gnostics valued asceticism, denying yourself of any kind of pleasure according to the commandments and doctrines of men. That's the problem with the Gnostics. 
it was not the teaching of Yahuwah, but the teaching of men. And so Colossians 2.23 added, these things indeed have an appearance of wisdom. This is why they were thriving, competing against the spread of uh, so-called Christianity and self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. And so these ideas of Gnosticism was what the Apostle Paul was warning the believers against. And in Colossians 2.23, that's why in Colossians 2.16.17 now makes perfect sense. When he says, let no one judge you, he's referring to these Gnostics who were judging the early followers of Yahusha, the pagan believers, because now that they belong to Yahusha, they're observing the Sabbath, they're observing the religious festivals of Yahuwah, and the Gnostics were against that, and so they were judging them. And because of the persecution, some were giving up on them. That's why Apostle Paul wrote, let no one judge you about that. Keep, keep on keeping the commandments of Yahuwah God. Well, how about verse 17, which says the Sabbaths, the religious festivals are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Is Apostle Paul discarding the Sabbaths and the religious festivals? No, he's simply saying that it's very important. Why? Because the Sabbaths and the festivals, the religious festivals, they pointed to Yahushua, who is the substance of what they were referring to, what they were pointing forward to. This is why he did not discard it. In fact, the Sabbaths and the religious festival being a shadow of things to come actually now requires us to continue observing them. Why? I want you to take a look at this. Leviticus 23, 1 to 4. And Yahuwah spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, the feast of Yahuwah, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. These are my feasts. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work on it. It is the Sabbath of Yahuwah in all your dwellings. These are the feasts of Yahuwah, holy convocations, which you shall proclaim at their appointed times. We studied this before. And so Moses, Yahuwah God through Moses, is telling the people of Israel two things that they are to observe, right? As something that will last forever. For all time. Number one, the feasts. Number two, the Sabbath. You see that? Okay, what did he say about the feasts? The Bible says the feasts of Yahuwah, not the feasts of Israel, but the feasts of Yahuwah are to be holy convocations. So the feasts are to be are to be holy convocations. The Sabbath, he said the same thing. The Sabbath of solemn rest is also to be a holy convocation. So both the festivals, the feasts, and the Sabbath are to be holy convocation. Now, what does that mean, a holy convocation? We know it's a gathering, right? But not only is it a gathering to honor Yahuwah and Yahushua, right? There's also something else. When you look at convocation in Hebrew, it's from the Hebrew word mikra, which means what? A rehearsal. This is why the festivals and the Sabbath is to be observed because it was also a rehearsal. It is holy, set apart for Yahuwah. It's also a rehearsal. The reason why the Apostle Paul says that the Sabbaths and the festivals are a shadow of Christ, who is the substance, is because he knows that the festivals were also a rehearsal. This is why when we studied Leviticus 
We talked about the structure. Look at the feast, Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, Pentecost, Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, Feast of Tabernacles. They all have fulfillment in who? Yahusha, right? Look at the uh, first four feasts. It corresponds to what our King Yahusha did. He is the substance of what is being foreshadowed by the festivals. And so during the days of the prophets, during the days of Israel, when they were celebrating these feasts, they were preparing for the arrival of our King Yahusha because our King Yahusha fulfilled on their dates the purposes of these festivals. This is why Passover, that's when our King died. Feast of Unleavened Bread, he was in the grave. Feast of First Fruits, he was resurrected. Feast of Weeks was when he gave the Ruach Kadash. But look, there's three more feasts, right? that have not been fulfilled yet to the full. Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, Feast of Tabernacles, which correspond not to the first coming, but the second coming of Yahusha. Not only that, but look at the Sabbath. We will find true rest in Yahusha. The Sabbath also is a holy convocation. It's also a rehearsal of the rest that we will find in Yahusha. Remember what our King Yahushua says? Any of you who are heavily laden, come to me and I will give you what? Rest. Where is that rest going to take place? That promised rest of our King Yahushua. Isaiah 66, 22, 23. For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make you shall remain before me, says Yahuwah, so shall your descendants and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says Yahuwah. And so that rest in Yahusha will have its final completion. When? In the millennial kingdom. How long is the millennial kingdom for? Thousand years. So we will have a thousand years of rest in Yahusha in the millennial kingdom. Have you ever considered, have you ever thought of why it's a thousand years? Right? We get a clue here, 2 Peter 3 8. But beloved, do not forget this one thing that with the Lord, one day is as a, a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. And so the Sabbath day is a rehearsal of our ultimate and complete rest in Yahuwah through Yahushua on the millennial, in the millennial kingdom. The Sabbath, the Sabbath day rest that we will enter will be fulfilled in the millennium because to the Lord, one day is as a thousand years. That's why it is but right that we observe the Sabbath because its final completion, its complete fulfillment to Yahusha is still awaiting to be fulfilled. We haven't yet entered that Sabbath rest. And so it's still pointing to. And so when we look at Colossians 2, 16 and 17, when Apostle Paul says the festivals and the Sabbaths are shadows of things to come, substances of Christ, we know the first four has been fulfilled, so they become a memorial. We still follow them as a memorial to who? Christ. Look at the Passover. It's a memorial to Christ. However, the other festivals and the Sabbath, it will have its completion also in the future millennial kingdom. Okay? This is why the Sabbath was not abolished. 
The Sabbath is something that we need to keep. But how can we properly observe the Sabbath? Let's turn to Deuteronomy 5, 14. We're almost done. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of Yahuwah, your God. In it, you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your ox, nor your donkey, nor any of your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates, that your male servant and, and your female servant may rest as well as you. And so how do we properly observe the Sabbath? We have to cease from labor. We have to cease from work. Okay. What kind of work is the Bible talking about? It's the kind of work that in return gives you monetary compensation. In other words, employment. The Bible says not only must we be working as an employee, the Bible says if you're an employer, those who work for you, should be, you should give them the Sabbath day off, according to the teachings of Yehovah God. Why? Because it will be a day of rest. You know, living in this age when... It's so fast-paced, and people are so frantic. People need rest, right? People need to be refreshed. People need to recuperate their strength. Yahuwah God knows this about humanity, and Yahuwah God wants us to rest. This is why if we have a job on a Saturday, if it's possible, you know, we should talk to our boss, is it possible for me to get Saturdays off, right? If not, well, then pray to Yahuwah. I think that's something that Yahuwah God will definitely give you. That's why, how about those who cannot get Saturdays off? Point is, when we receive this commandment of Yahuwah, uh, the laws of Moses, let us keep in mind what Apostle Paul uh, said, that we are not justified by the law of Moses. We are not saved by the law of Moses. We are saved by who? Yahushua. Okay. So Yahushua, it's not the law of Moses that will save us. It is Yahushua who will save us. But the question is, when it comes to the commands of Yahuwah God, let's ask ourselves, are we pursuing it or are we rebelling? What's the difference between pursuing and rebelling? Those who rebel, well, they ignore the law of Yahuwah. They ignore observing the Sabbath. I like my lifestyle now, I'm not going to change. But those who pursue, they will do their best to comply to what Yahuwah wants. This is why if you have work on a Saturday, if it's possible, ask your boss. If not, pray to Yahuwah that you be given another an opportunity, right? Because we have to show Yahusha that we are pursuing it. We're not rebelling, we're pursuing, we're doing our best. Who will judge that? Who is the one to judge whether or not we are doing our best to pursue the righteousness of Allah? Who do you think is going to judge? Is it going to be me? Not me. <laughs> Who is it? Let's read Mark 2, 27, 28. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the son of man is also Lord of the Sabbath. It's a good thing. The one who will judge is who? Yahusha. He's the Lord even of the Sabbath. And so he knows your situation. And he also knows the Sabbath was made for man. And so he knows if you know, your present employment requires you to work on a Saturday to feed yourself and those depending on you, then by all means, you can work, right? But at the same time, we have to pursue to keep the commandments of Yahuwah, who will judge whether or not we're rebelling or pursuing the Lord of the Sabbath, Yahusha HaMashiach. 
And he's the one who should properly judge us because he knows our hearts, right? He knows what we're thinking. And so it's but right that he be the one to judge us whether or not we're pursuing or rebelling, okay? And what do we know about Yahushua? Bible says in Matthew 12, 3 to 8, uh, the, Yahushua says he's the Lord even to, of the Sabbath. And in verse 7, he says, if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. It's a good thing. Our King Yahushua, who's the Lord of the Sabbath, what kind of judge is he? He's a merciful judge. He's not like a Pharisee or anything like that. He's a merciful judge. And he understands when we need mercy, just like David, the showbread. The, what kind of work is permitted in these, on Sabbath? Working in the temple. In other words, working to promote Yahuwah and Yahushua. That's, that's allowed. What else is permissible? Matthew 12, then he said to them, what man is there among you who has one sheep? And if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out. Of how much more value then is the man than the sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. It was only the Pharisees who came up with their own leaven, their own addition that forbid to do good on the Sabbath. She says, by all means, do good on the Sabbath, right? And so, yes, we need to work. It's for our own good. We need to replenish. It's for our own good. But at the same time, if it means saving a life, if it means if your work involves working to save a life, for example, you are a doctor, by all means, do that, right? If you are in police, um, police work, involved a firefighter, these are the time. That's good work. And so it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. What else? Is it just a matter of man resting? No, that's not the whole point of Sabbath. Yes, the Sabbath was made for man. But at the same time, the purpose of Sabbath is what? In Exodus 31, you have six days each week for you, for your ordinary work. But the seventh day must be a Sabbath day of complete rest. A holy day dedicated to Yahuwah. And so we need to dedicate the Sabbath day to Yahuwah, our God. What does it mean to dedicate to Yahuwah our God? Bible says, instead of doing things that our own ways and finding our own pleasure, speaking our own words, what we want to do is delight in Yahuwah. Find joy in Yahuwah. And when we find joy in Yahuwah, Abba, we find the desires of our hearts will be fulfilled. That's the whole point of the Sabbath, to find rest by thinking and dedicating your life to Yahuwah, our Allahim. Enjoying his creation together with family, to remember him and to express your love for him. There are many ways that we can do that. Here are some suggestions for activities for Sabbath. Okay, you worship, of course. I mean, ever since the days of... Uh, Moses, the prophets, first the early followers of Yahusha, they worship on a Sabbath. Okay, so we meet together as a family or as a congregation on a Sabbath. You can do outreach work to help those in need. You can listen to hymns, write hymns if you want. You can read scriptures and meditate on them. Enjoy Yahuwah's creation for the purpose of praise. Maybe you can go to the mountains, right? You can go to the beach, 
to enjoy a garden, enjoy the sunrise, the sunset, and just ponder upon the greatness of Yahuwah. You can do meditative fishing. When you're fishing, you look at the ocean and you remember Yahuwah, how good he has provided for us. Walking on the park, maybe that causes you to think about Yahuwah because sometimes when you're walking and you're relaxing, you think of Yahuwah. It's replenishing too. Watch our Bible studies. Remind us of the teachings of Yahuwah. Watch an uplifting movie, a documentary that will deepen our faith and will cause us to draw closer to Yahuwah Abba. There are many things that we can do. The whole point is let's take some time to replenish, re renew our strength by spending time, quality time with Yahuwah Abba. May he be the center. And so for us to be able to make this work, we need to plan our days. We need to plan our weeks, our months, and our years with the Sabbath in our mind. So that we can center our life and our activities around Yahuwah Abba and Yahusha HaMashiach. Because it is important to him. It's a way that we can express our love. The Bible says... How do we best prove that we love Yahuwah Abba? By obeying his commandments. One of his commandments is what? To observe the Sabbath. Let us express our love for him on the days we observe the Sabbath. Okay? Let us all, let us stand and we shall pray together. Everlasting Abba. Yes. Yahuwah Allahim. Yes. Thank you so much for blessing us with your commandments. Amen. We know they are the key to our life. Yes, Father. And we know by observing the Sabbath that you have commanded ever since long ago, yes. we will find ourselves close to you. Yes. Father, when you see us seeking you and desiring your presence, yes. manifest yourself yes. because we need to be replenished from within. Yes. Certainly the truth that we have proclaimed will bring much opposition Yes. and persecution teach us loving abba to hold on to you yes. to find delight in you yes. comfort and joy in you as we prepare for the day when you will send your beloved son Amen. our king yahusha thank you so much yes. we commit our life to you yes. may you remember your servants help us to be strong help us to be obedient yes. to the commandments that you have taught us Amen. And by your spirit, may we be able to obey yes. the teachings of our Abba. Amen. Father, bless your people throughout the world. Yes. May you always watch over us and yes. take care of your people. Amen. We ask and beg everything, loving Abba, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach. Amen. Amen.